Glory to Jesus Christ. Annunciation Byzantine Catholic Parish presents Light of the East, a program revealing how the Eastern Catholic Churches have nourished the Roman Catholic Churches and today's world in profound ways through their histories, traditions, mysteries, and spirituality. Hello, I am Father Thomas J. Loya, pastor of Annunciation of the Mother of God Byzantine Catholic Church in Homer Glen, Illinois, and this is a story of the Eastern Churches, an inspiring story of faith, courage, intrigue, mystery, spirituality, dissension, and reconciliation. But most of all, this is an expression of a great experience of faith through our unique divine liturgy. Join with me now as we look toward the Light of the East. Light of the East is also supported by Eastern Christian Publications, where you can find the prayers of the Catholic Byzantine Daily Office at ecpubs.com and easternchristianmedia.com, a broadband network for you to learn more about the Eastern Catholic Churches. That's easternchristianpublications.com. Glory to Jesus Christ. Welcome to Light of the East. I am Father Thomas Lawyer, your host. And we're going to talk about being not PC or being PC on a radio program in which we are BC. I know it's kind of confusing, but anyway, what we're going to talk about is questions that you should not ask an Eastern Catholic or in particular, like say like myself, a Byzantine Catholic questions I'm often asked. Now I'm doing this kind of tongue in cheek. It's just a way to open up some more information about the Eastern long of the church. And that's what we're about here on Light of the East. We're about presenting the gifts of the church East and West, but Primarily, of course, the Eastern Long of the Church. So I'm going to use these questions just as kind of tongue-in-cheek lead-ins to bringing across more information about the Eastern Churches. But they are commonly asked questions which really are not very so-called PC, if you want to use the secular language. But it's okay. We're not offended. Uh, it comes from not just not being aware. So I'll use those questions, and hopefully you'll learn not to use them, but also you'll learn something more about the Eastern Long of the Church. Before I go any further, just to show you we're being nice guys here, we're not trying to do anything that's not PC towards our Latin Rite friends whenever they ask us non-PC questions, <laughs> I'll do a little shout out to some of our Latin Rite friends in the media radio business. At a wonderful time at Catholic Spirit Radio in Bloomington Normal, Illinois, which is a little south of me, about two hours towards the middle part of the state. And this is a growing radio station, and I'd like to do a little shout-out to the wonderful people there. I had a great time with Anne and Paul, the host, and John, the engineer. and a great, great time with them. Heard their story, how they started out real, real small, like many Catholic radio networks and stations. And now they've expanded, covering a lot of area here in Illinois. So God bless their efforts, and I want to thank them for being such wonderful hosts. So we had a great time. They were interviewing me on one of their programs and we were talking, of course, about our favorite subject together, God, Almighty God and His Church. So we just had a great time. Again, 
A shout out, hello, and thanks to Catholic Spirit Radio. You can hear them at catholicspiritradio.com or pick them up on the FM stations in the area, catholicspiritradio.com. A second group of Latinite Catholics that we are great friends with, do a lot of work with, is the Fulton Sheen Movement people, Dr. Peter Howard and his wife, Chantel. Learn about them at FultonSheenMovement.com, FultonSheenMovement.com. They are single-handedly pushing ahead the cause for Archbishop Fulton J. Sheen's canonization, and we love being a part of that. What they need from you is very simple. They just need some signatures. Just want you to you know, cast your vote that the Sheen canonization movement should continue on. They want to get a whole bunch of signatures and let Rome know about it. So go to Fulton Sheen Movement, you know, like his name, FultonSheenMovement.com and get a lot of great information about Archbishop Fulton Sheen and help out the canonization cause. So a little shout out to two of our wonderful friends in the Western lung of the church, the Latin rite. So even though we're bringing up these non-PC questions, we're all still friends. So let's go to our first question. First question you don't want to ask a Byzantine Catholic, or actually any Eastern Catholic, in particular me, because I'm Byzantine Catholic, I'm the host here. So that's the one you probably know the best in terms of the Eastern churches. And I get around a lot with public speaking, so I have a lot of Latin Rite Catholics that will come up to me and say, here's our first question. So are you guys under the Pope? Okay, you don't want to ask that question. Now, of course, in saying these things, I'm not being real strict about it. Again, it's a little bit tongue-in-cheek, so let's, you know, take it in stride. We're having some fun today. Are you guys under the Pope? Well, it's better actually to say, even theologically and ecumenically, that we are all in, quote, full communion with the Pope of Rome. Sounds like better, doesn't it? Like more like a family. Full communion with the Pope of Rome. See, that acknowledges that, yeah, he's the guy. He's the top guy in the Catholic Church, but it's not so sort of top-down, almost like, uh, well, dictatorial kind of sounding, like you under the Pope. It's like being like under the feet of an emperor or dictator or something. I mean, it kind of has that sound. I know you don't mean that, but it kind of has that sound. So I prefer, and I would encourage you to say, if you're going to ask, are you in full communion with the Pope of Rome? That's a little bit nicer way, but even that question doesn't need to be asked. If we introduce ourselves, as I always do when I do public speaking, especially to Latin Rite audiences, the first thing I do, I always put forth an explanation, which I try to make very, very simple. I even use little graphic pieces, which I call my poor man's PowerPoint. I try to make it as simple as possible that we Eastern Catholic churches are, in fact, Catholic, fully Catholic, in full communion with the Pope of Rome. In fact, if we bear the name Byzantine Catholic or Eastern Catholic churches, then obviously we are, quote-unquote, under the Pope, or more correctly, in full communion with the Pope of Rome. So that question would not be necessary. And also, just a little bit of information, the reason why we can be called Eastern Catholic is because after the great schism that happened between the Eastern churches and the Western churches, see, Centuries ago, in the first millennium of the church, the first thousand years of its history, there was no Catholic, Orthodox, different rites and so on, as we know them today. It was basically just called the churches of the East or the churches of the West. Now, what happened was that was a very happy marriage for about a thousand years, but then problems started to rise as the churches developed their identities and their histories. They were impacted by the respective histories of Eastern and Western nations and cultures and so on. There was a growing kind of tension till finally came to a head 
and there was an unfortunate great schism in 1054 AD. They split from each other, excommunicated each other. The West called itself the Roman Catholic Church, centered in Rome. The East called itself the Eastern Orthodox Churches, with four centers, Antioch, Alexandria, Jerusalem, and Constantinople. Constantinople is today modern-day Istanbul, Turkey. Now, fast forward about 500 years, parts of the Eastern churches that were in the schism, parts of them reunited with Rome again, like it was before the schism, you know, during the happy marriage, you know, the good old days. Well, those are what we call the Eastern Catholic churches. So that's how we got the name Catholic and why we are fully Catholic. We are reunited with the Pope of Rome and with the Latin Rite Church, the Roman Catholic Church, just as it was before the Great Schism. So that's how we can be called Eastern Catholic, although we may seem very, very different to Latin Rite Catholics. Really not all that different. It's kind of like man and woman. I know men sometimes see women as very different and vice versa. But let's face it, men and women are both human of the same substance, but they experience that humanness through a feminine perspective and a masculine perspective, or feminine experience, masculine experience. So that's kind of like how the church is. East and West, one basic church, one basic belief, but experienced and expressed through two complementary ways, an Eastern approach and a Western approach. Okay, let's go on to our second question. Sometimes people say to me, well, Father, I'm the regular Catholic. What kind of Catholic are you? Okay, you don't want to ask that question. Although, again, all these questions are asked in sincerity, a certain naivety, and so on. So we're not offended. We're just kind of having fun here with PC and BC. I am the regular Catholic. What are you? Okay, you don't want to ask that because it presumes that Catholic is defined only in terms of the Latin rite. In other words, the Western lung of the church. Like, that's the regular Catholic. That's Catholic and that the Eastern Catholics are something kind of different or funny or not really Catholic. See, that's what that question implies. Although, again, the person asking is being very sincere. They're not meaning to be offensive. But the thing is, no one starts out in any form of Catholic that we would call the regular one or the real one, like that's the home base, like the Latin rite is the home base Catholic. All rites of the church— now, we're not talking religious orders. It's different than a rite. All rites of the Catholic Church are equally venerable and ancient expressions of the one same faith. Some are more numerous, larger than the other. The largest one, of course, is the Latin rite, oftentimes understood as the Roman Catholic Church, but it's really the Latin rite of the Roman Catholic Church. And that's the largest one in most parts of the world, but not everywhere. In fact, you know how you hear all about the war in Ukraine right now between Russia and Ukraine? Well, the predominant Catholic in that range of the world would actually be Eastern Catholic, like what I am. They would follow the Byzantine right there. There are millions of people in that era, Ukraine and Russia, who are Catholic, Eastern Catholic, and follow the Byzantine right. And they're more plentiful in most places in that region than are Latin right Catholics. But for the most part, all over the world, the Latin Rite is by far the most dominant of the rites. Much, 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 much bigger than any of the Eastern Rites. But they're not the regular one. You wouldn't call them the regular one. You wouldn't call an Eastern Rite a regular one either. We're all regular. None of us are irregular. We're all regular Catholics. Equal, ancient, venerable rites. Some bigger than others. So hopefully these first two questions are ones that may be a little more 
clear to you, or at least their answer is helpful to you. So I'm using these questions to elucidate more about the Eastern Catholic churches. And again, we take no offense, even though I call these questions not very PC. And our church is not PC. We are BC, Byzantine Catholic, correct. And hopefully, (laughs) biblically correct as well. When we come back, we're going to talk more about some of these other non-PC questions that you should not ask an Eastern Catholic. Stay with us. I'm Father Thomas Loya on Light of the East. Every day, Father Loya posts a brief two-minute Facebook video on the Annunciation Byzantine Catholic Parish homepage. You'll be amazed at what you can learn just by watching. Light of the East mission is Christianity's reunion. And to tell the story of the Eastern lung of the Catholic Church, we need your support. In order to keep Light of the East on the air, you can make a donation now by going to byzantinecatholic.com. That's byzantinecatholic.com. And then donate securely using any major credit card. With your help, we can keep Light of the East's illumination bright. Here is an update on the Fulton Sheen petition. We Catholics stand just inches from the goal line to have the saint we desperately need now, Venerable Fulton Sheen, publicly declared blessed. Yet new obstacles keep arising to delay this from happening. The Diocese of Peoria is now requiring the unanimous support of the U.S. bishops behind the beatification of Fulton Sheen before a new date is set for the ceremonial mass. This has never been necessary in the church's history. The Fulton Sheen Movement's petition drive to set a new date soon for Sheen's beatification mass now has 10,000 Catholics from around the world clamoring for this. We need this voice magnified by hundreds of thousands more Catholics. And you can help us do that. Take action. Go to FultonSheenMovement.com and sign the petition and share it everywhere because everyone agrees we need Blessed Fulton Sheen now more than ever. Bye now and God love you. I'm Joe Murphy from Holy Family Radio, WHYF, AM 720, Harrisburg, Pennsylvania, and you're listening to Light of the East. The Tabor Life Institute, which is dedicated to the formation and education in the theology of the body. To find out more about the Tabor Life Institute, you can go to taborlife.org. That's taborlife.org. Especially if you're interested in conferences and retreats, in particular for youth, young adults, and also for those of you who speak Spanish. That's TaborLife.org. Welcome back to Light of the East. I'm Father Thomas Loyer, your host. We're looking at questions that are not PC to ask a BC (laughs) and asked by an RC. Okay, translated, politically correct, Byzantine Catholic and Roman Catholic, or more specifically Latin Rite. We're just having some fun. They're kind of like little gateway things to explaining more about the Eastern churches. The third question, we had two questions before the break. Now, our third question that you should not ask an Eastern Catholic, especially a Byzantine Catholic like me, is this. How long is your Mass? You know, it's very funny for me how (laughs) I run into so many people, especially Roman Catholics, Latin Rite Catholics, who never really heard or hardly are aware at all of the Eastern Catholics. But they somehow know that we have long Masses, what they call long Masses or long services, and that's some kind of dreaded fear that people have about a long mass or long service. 
So what I do is I respond kind of tongue in cheek by saying, first of all, I say, well, our divine liturgy, because that's what we call our mass. We call it the divine liturgy. I say our divine liturgy is timeless. So I really can't put a time on it because a lot of times they'll ask me, well, is it longer than an hour? Someone told me that on one of the social media places, a big, big, big social media place, I won't mention the name itself, but one of the big, big social media outlets or sources, whatever you want to call it, had on there, this is one of my precious told me this, and he swears he saw this on one of these big social media outlets, that when it described the Eastern churches, it said that our masses, our liturgies, go eight or nine hours. I don't know where they got that, but if you've come across that, because my parishioner did, he swears he's supposed to show it to him. I haven't seen it yet myself, but it's on a big, 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 big social media outlet, huge one. If you come across that, if there's any way you can tell them it's not correct, and don't believe it yourself, our liturgies are not eight or nine hours. I don't know where they got that information, but people often ask me, is it more than an hour? And somehow the hour standard has become like the standard, like we can't be in God's presence at the highest, most intimate part of worship, the Eucharistic liturgy. Like we can't be in that longer than an hour. Like we need a stopwatch or some kind of crime or something. Or we won't join a church or go to a church if we think the liturgy is longer than an hour. I don't know where that came from. Is it from TV shows or something? Why are we programmed that something has to be under an hour, within an hour? If it goes one minute more, we won't come. Well, when I answer that our liturgy is timeless, I say it tongue-in-cheek, but also because it's a theological statement, but also it's kind of true. I don't really know how long it is. It kind of varies, but it's around an hour, hour-ish. And that's how we use time in the Eastern churches. We do a lot of ish. <laughs> it's not so specific. If you look at a clock in an Eastern Catholic church, it has no hands on it. It's just like a round circle with a dot in the middle on the wall. Because if you ask us when things start, when they end, we're kind of like, well... I don't know, it kind of starts then and kind of starts and or ends then. And we kind of have a certain timelessness, but don't let that scare you because I guarantee you, if you experience our services, you won't really have that sense of time. That's what happens to people. That's why I like to tell them, we're just around an hour. They're, they're kind of, well, okay, okay. They're like reassured. And if it should go over an hour, and usually it's not much more than an hour. If it does, if I tell them that, they won't come. So I tell them what's well, around an hour, hour-ish, so they're okay with that. So they decide to try it. So they come, and as they're experiencing it, they do get caught up in the timelessness of it. I don't see them looking at their watch, running out after communion. They kind of stay with it. That's kind of the nature of our liturgy. And that's why that question is very un-PC for us. Eastern Catholics, we don't know how to answer that. How long is your Mass? Okay, question number four. Can I go to communion at your Mass? Well, once again, it's divine liturgy. And once again... If our title, the name of our church, is Catholic, has Catholic in it, then of course you can go to Holy Communion at our church because we're in full communion with you if you're a Latin Rite Catholic. If it says Eastern Catholic, like Cyril Malabar Catholic, Maronite Catholic, Byzantine Catholic, Ukrainian Catholic, if it has the word Catholic, then it's in full communion with the Pope of Rome. There's only maybe a couple little exceptions like the Polish National Catholic. I'm not sure exactly where they stand, but there are a few of those, but that's very, 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 very rare. Eastern Catholics, because they have the word Catholic in their name, means that they're in full communion with the Pope of Rome, which means that you can go to communion at one of our liturgies. And furthermore, if you're curious, you want to experience an Eastern Rite liturgy, you know, the Mass, and you attend it on Sunday, 
it does satisfy your obligation. Just as if an Eastern Rite Catholic wanted to experience the Latin Rite liturgy or their Mass, which many of them do, obviously, because the Latin Rite is so much bigger. So we're all familiar. We're all very familiar with the Latin Rite. I, growing up as a Byzantine Catholic all my life, I was very familiar with the Latin Rite Church. In fact, I knew the Latin Rite Mass in Latin. Yeah, I was just familiar because it's just so big. It's everywhere. A lot of your friends were Catholic. If you went to church with them or went to events, funerals, or weddings, generally it was a Latin Rite event. So I got to know the Latin Rite very, very well. Got to appreciate it just as my own right. I mean, I knew my own right, Byzantine right, grew up in it, but I knew the Latin right very well. So you can go to Holy Communion. The way we do Holy Communion in the Byzantine rite and many other Eastern rite churches is that communion is in both species. Most Eastern rite churches use leavened bread. It's a loaf. It's actually a loaf, a special loaf made a special way with a special insignia, like a stamp on it that's embedded in the bread while it's rising. And that loaf of bread, sometimes they use one or three or five loaves. That loaf is used in a rite of preparation prior to the liturgy, to the beginning of the liturgy. There's a whole rite of the preparation of the gifts that the priest and deacon does on a side table in the sanctuary, which is next to the main altar. And that rite of preparation has many references to the Bible and angels and so on. And the priest during that process of preparation makes cuts in the bread. He cuts out the center of the bread, which becomes the lamb or the host. Other particles which represent the Virgin Mary, the saints, the people we're praying for, and it's all put on the discos. Then he pours water and wine in the chalice, blesses that, does some more prayers, and covers it with veils. And then that is brought to the altar by means of a grand procession called the Great Entrance, which was a big, big procession centuries ago. It was actually done, well, it started in a separate building, the rite of preparation was actually done in a separate building. And then there was this grand procession bringing those gifts into the church at that time to be placed on the altar and consecrated into the body and blood of Christ. Those of you who are Latin rite, you have the custom of bringing up the gifts at your mass. Well, we bring ours around and up. Naturally, in the Eastern churches, it's always longer and more elaborate. So we just don't bring them up. We bring them around and up in a grand procession called the Great Entrance, which was really, really grand centuries ago. In fact, at that point, it was usually when the bishop or patriarch would enter the liturgy. So it was a big deal to bring those gifts that were prepared in a separate rite onto the altar. So a little bit about our communion. And also, if you want to receive communion... All you do is come forward, standing to the center, up to the priest, and tilt your head back and open your mouth widely. Think of yourself as like a little bird in a nest. Ever see a little bird waiting for food from its mother? They put their head way back. They sort of stretch their neck and open their mouth real wide, and she drops the food in. You don't have to stretch your neck. All you got to do is just tilt your head back. That's the most important part. Remain standing, tilt your head back, and just open your mouth. And what we do is we use a spoon and we pick up a piece of the consecrated bread, which is immersed in the consecrated wine. In other words, the precious body and blood of Christ together. We pick a piece up with a spoon from the chalice, the priest does, or the deacon, and then we'd simply drop it in your mouth. But we actually say something. If we know your name, we'll say this as we're doing that. The servant of God, for example, your name is Joe. The servant of God, Joseph, partakes of the precious, most holy body and blood of our Lord God and Savior Jesus Christ for the mission of his sins and for life everlasting. Amen. We do that for each person. Yeah, we do. Especially if we know your name. In fact, if you come to Holy Communion in an Eastern Rite Church, especially a Byzantine Rite Church, you can kind of whisper your name to the priest or deacon before they give you Holy Communion. And they'll try to work it in 
to that little phrase that they do for each person. If you're a woman, we say, the handmaid of God, Mary, partakes of the precious, most holy, etc. So if it's a man, we say, the servant of God. If it's a woman, we say, the handmaid of God. Now, here's another one, number five. Sometimes Latin Rite Catholics will call Eastern Rite Catholics Orthodox Catholic. Now, that's kind of interesting because they're onto something, meaning we did come from the Orthodox. In other words, we, after the schism, we were Orthodox and we came from them. So we do share an awful lot with the Orthodox Church, but we're in full communion with the Pope of Rome. In other words, the liturgies in Orthodox Church will be identical to the liturgies in the Eastern Catholic Churches because we came from the Orthodox Churches, but we're fully Catholic. But we are, and we are Orthodox too. In other words, in the sense of small o. In other words, we are faithful to the magisterial teaching of the church. But it's not accurate, although you got your finger on something, it's not accurate to say that we are actually Orthodox Catholic. We're just Eastern Catholic. Okay, last question. And this is the one that's the most interesting for me. Someone will say to me after I explain who I am, they'll say, well, when did you decide to become Byzantine Catholic? Well, I can answer, well, when did you decide to become Latinite Catholic? They might say, well, I was always this. I said, well, same thing for me. I was born and raised a Byzantine Catholic. It is possible. Again, the Latinite is not the starting point. And then you do something else, Eastern, as a hobby or sidelight or something. We are born and raised Eastern Catholic, many of us, just as you are born and raised Latinite Catholic. So that's just a little bit of hopefully clarity and information on the Eastern churches by way of non-PC questions. But we were just having fun today. Don't worry, we're not offended. We're all brothers and sisters together, both lungs of the church. Thank you for listening. I'm Father Thomas Loya on Light of the East. To hear Light of the East again, visit ByzantineCatholic.com and click on the Features and Programs tab and on iTunes. Thank you for listening to Light of the East. We encourage you to tell a friend about Light of the East and to visit ByzantineCatholic.com. Light of the East is produced by ADC Media. We need EWTN Radio for the reason that Mother Angelica founded this entire enterprise. She always saw this as a spiritual growth network. It was to be an enterprise in media that reached people in all aspects of their life. She saw this as a, a holistic approach to reaching the whole person in the middle of the world and bringing them truth and life. Raymond Arroyo thinks Catholic Radio is important. So should you. Thank you for listening. Next week, we will return to the Light of the East. To learn more about Annunciation Byzantine Catholic Parish, visit our website, byzantinecatholic.com, where you will also find an archive of all of our programs. In order to continue Light of the East with its mission of Christianity's reunion, we need your support with a donation. Any amount will be a blessing. Please make out a check to Light of the East Radio and send it to Light of the East, 14610 Will Cook Road, Homer Glen, Illinois, 60491. That's Light of the East, 14610 Wilcook Road, spelled W-I-L-L-C-O-O-K Road, Homer Glen, Illinois. Or donate online on the homepage of ByzantineCatholic.com. From the Light of the East, a new dawn of unity is in sight. God bless you, go with God, and may God grant you many happy years. Oh!